Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches Captain Marvel. Finally. <laughs> audience, audience, let me tell you, it has been it, it has been a Herculean feat to get four people in a room to talk about this movie that came out six weeks ago, but that is okay because we're here now. I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Regina, Nicole, and Evan. I am Dante. How is everybody feeling tonight? <laughs> Marvelous. Marvelous. I was hoping that someone, someone was going to say because that. I didn't want to because, you know, I need to, I need to go off-brand sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we are very sorry. I know we promised y'all uh, that we were going to get Captain Marvel out in March, but, you know, adult life is weird sometimes, and it just didn't happen. So here we go. We've uh, we've had one more superhero movie come out in Shazam. So I realize that, that that's, that's where the hype train is right now, but we're still going to talk about Captain Marvel because it was nothing short of a monumental and groundbreaking superhero film as far as I am concerned. And I feel like at least one other person on this chat feels the exact same way about me or about, uh, about that movie. <laughs> Not about me. Feels the same way as me. <laughs> that is a little bit Freudian. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious, like I'm not even the one in the Eastern time zone. You should be the one who's loopy, Evan. I know. <laughs> I'm always loopy. That's my secret. <laughs> Never not Thank be loopy, then it just is the norm. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Banner. So um what I want to start out with is a uh is, is an exploration of of uh, of one person's specific reaction. Uh this person I have known for several years. And she is one of the biggest Wonder Woman fans I have ever met. <laughs> and the message that she sent to our group chat the day after she saw Captain Marvel was, wow, I think Wonder Woman might have been unseated as my favorite female superhero. <laughs> so, Regina, can you talk to us about that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, and And just to... To start out with a shameless plug, I did record an entire episode of Game on Girl on the go called um, My Captain Marvel Crisis. Um, so if you want to hear me talk in depth about this, uh, you can check that out as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I was actually in the theater uh, in the like lull between um, the end of the movie and the um, Marvel um, credit scenes when I, mm-hmm. when I texted the group. Um, so I was literally sitting there in the in this dark theater, and I saw the movie uh, the week it came out. Look at I guess like the Wednesday after it came out in the middle of the day. So I was there at like three o'clock in the afternoon with like uh, three other people. I'm yeah, sure. literally three people in the theater. I was, sitting, <laughs> like, I, I was at a fancy theater in Sacramento, and he pulled up the screen when I bought the ticket. And he's like, "Would you like to pick your seat? All the blue seats are available." And I'm like looking at it, and I was like there's only three that are green and he's like yeah <laughs> all the others are empty and i'm like can you pick something in the middle i don't think anybody's gonna fight me over mm-hmm. it right and he's like yeah probably not and i'm like i can just pick something in the middle so <laughs> i don't even know if i sat where i was supposed to be sitting anyway uh so i'm sitting in this empty theater watching this and i'm like i am literally shook <laughs> i just cannot function i'm like a wonder woman has been the thing like 
And, you know, and I wouldn't actually, I, I, I don't consider myself like the biggest Wonder Woman fan because I don't know the comics really well. And I don't, I know the historical comics better than I know, like the current comics. But for what Wonder Woman has stood for as a symbol has been a huge piece of my life. Um, and, you know, dates back to when I was a little girl, my mom used Wonder Woman as like the you can be strong because you're like Wonder Woman, you know, um, metaphor. So she has always stood for that. I have the original issue of Ms. Magazine, which had Wonder Woman on the cover, like, you know, I have the like cultural symbols of Wonder Woman. Um, and she's never going to be unseated from that. She will always still be that. But in terms of how I relate to her, I found myself relating to Carol Danvers' story a lot more um, intimately than I think I ever did for Wonder Woman, especially perhaps with the movie um, version that came out and primarily the backstory. So um, you haven't given a spoiler alert, but I am assuming we're going to spoil the entire movie. It's been out for a month, so I don't feel too terrible. Oh yeah. At this point, at this like point. It's, it's six weeks out. Like, right. Yeah. You know what happens in this movie. Right. Yeah. So like a, a rehash for Endgame because that's coming out very soon. Right. So oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're refreshing it for people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they've already seen it. Yes, exactly. So, um, it, what really, one of the things that most powerfully resonated with me for, um, Carol Danvers story was, uh, her flashbacks to her childhood and what it was like for her to be a girl who really wanted to do things that were sort of more masculine and, um, people talking to her about how she shouldn't want to do that. And it was too dangerous and she shouldn't be doing these things and all this, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that whole story the fact that she kind of stumbles into her power, that all the men around her are constantly telling her, well, maybe not all the men, one man in particular is constantly mm-hmm. telling her that she needs to curb her emotions and um, that she um, can't control her power because of her emotions. And by the end of the movie, she turned that completely on its head. And that's a narrative I can really get behind. So um, yeah, it was just, it was surprising to me that I felt um, the depth of it. I've read some of the Captain Marvel comics and I didn't connect to her the same way in the comics, which I also think is interesting. So very, yeah, I'm going to jump in here. I absolutely, I wanted, I don't think there was enough of her as a girl for me to really relate. Really? Like, yeah, there just was not enough. Cause you're like, Oh my God, we see her as a girl. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Because I went to see the movie after, after Regina. Told her. Me it was yeah. so awesome. And I'm like, okay, there, there's a clip here and there's a clip here. And I'm like, I, need more of it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was totally awesome and I loved it, but, um, it's, uh, I wasn't, it didn't I mean, hit that for you. It didn't, I mean, yeah. and overall it didn't hit me as being so much better than say the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. um, or the old Spider-Man movies. Like it, it didn't like knock me over the head and mm-hmm. be like, Oh, this is so much better. I, you know, it was good, but I don't think it was better than some of the other, yeah, um, Marvel movies actually. The first Iron Man is one of my favorites because I thought it was excellent. Well, um, yeah, the the first yeah. Iron Man is easily like top five uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. So, but this one didn't. You know, like if I had like I'm not a huge Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. So, but if I had to rank them, like I this might be in the top five, but might not be. So, but that's sure. just me. Yeah. 
I mean, that's why we had you on the show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Unpopular or incorrect or not. (laughs) Well, I mean, even that was, um, you know, Dante, that was part of your original, because you you posted a video on our Facebook right after it came out, too. Oh, absolutely. And saying, you know, you thought it was a good movie, but it wasn't sort of groundbreaking in the the universe as well. Uh, Yeah, that, that is absolutely correct. I... When I first saw it, I was very happy that one of my favorite characters finally made it to screen. I thought Mm. that they did the character justice. My main criticism was that it felt very much like a color-by-numbers origin story. Like Mm -hmm, This is a story that we've seen before as far as superhero cinema is concerned, where superhero is put into some weird situation they are unsure of themselves they're not confident in themselves they go through the archetypal hero's journey to discover their power they they struggle with that and then by the third act they've come into their power they've accepted their responsibility and they triumph over evil um it was it was a little the little twist that they had with the amnesia which like, which is kind of a hallmark of Carol Danvers, just from comics. She's been stricken with amnesia like twice that I can think of. And <laughs> wow, her brain yeah. checked wow. up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like, not to mention that she was a raging alcoholic in like the late eighties and nineties. So yeah. like more memory issues. Right. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. Um. So I thought, like, I thought that the movie was. I thought the movie was still good. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I thought Brie Larson did a spectacular job with with balancing the need for Carol to be a soldier with the um, with her desire to display some sort of emotion, like happiness or rage or sadness or elation. Anything. It was it was a very tricky balancing act that they. Um, that they had. And I thought that they did that very well. It just like, it, it's not in, it's not in the top five. Like this, when I left infinity war, when I left black Panther, when I left like, uh winter soldier, Ragnarok, those movies, I could not stop thinking about it. I could not stop talking about it. I could not stop <laughs> really doing anything except for continue, continue to experience those movies. Um, yeah. Maybe after- we should seek help for that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like I like we're all here because we're not all there, right? right. <laughs> and and, and that, that just wasn't an experience that I had with with Captain Marvel. And that is not to say that this movie is not good. It is very good. It is it just it suffers from being the twentieth in a line of nineteen other superhero origin movies. Mm-hmm. And like, but realistically, if that is the worst thing that I can say about the twentieth Marvel movie, right? That's really yeah. not a bad thing to say, yeah. and really not a bad place to be as far as a movie is concerned, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's also, I think, really hard not to overhype the movie, like leading up to it. The hype I thought was enormous because, for one thing, it's yeah. bridging. Infinity War and Endgame, yeah, the two objectively biggest Marvel movies in the entire series, and it's introducing the character who is supposed to ultimately be like 
the ultimate Avenger, the toughest, the best mm-hmm. of all. And it's a character who is supposed to be like, like the ace in the hole. It's the one who's going to fix everything. And it's someone we've never heard of before in any of these movies. And like trying to make a good first impression with that, it would have been tricky no matter how they ended up doing it. And I still think mm-hmm. overall they did better than they necessarily could have. And I think the movie has definite flaws. It's got some pacing issues. I think it struggles from not having a particularly well-defined um, antagonist. Like you, you, you have a few minor ones here and there, and, and there's like a, there is a central conflict, but it's it's kind of still a bit nebulous and you don't really get a firm kind of grip on necessarily the, the, the significance of that actual conflict in the greater scheme of things. But I think the things it does well, it does phenomenally well. And I think overall, the main thing this movie had to do was do Captain Marvel well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the story itself is kind of supplementary to her existence as a character. And I think yeah. it pulled that off with flying colors. Well, yeah, and one of the things I want to, because Dante said something about it following the archetypal hero's journey, which it it, it definitely does for, like, her evolution as a character, but I really want to call attention to the fact that there wasn't a romantic subplot Mm -hmm. um, and how absolutely uh, groundbreaking that is. Um, to ha- especially to have a female-led movie that didn't have some guy that was sort of undercutting her story or having the story be about some, you know, heterosexual romantic storyline. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I thought was so cool was that um, Wonder Woman focused on female mentorships, like the relationships between women where women were sort of leading the next generation of women, which was fantastic this focused on female friendships where they were peers and they were sort of more equal and it it had they both had family ties in both instances of that but um captain marvel's story is truly that of a chosen family right of the people who you come to who you find and you find family with Mm -hmm. and i thought that those were that those two things the lack of a romantic subplot and the focus on female friendships were among the things that set the story apart from not just the other Marvel movies, but from other, like all the <laughs> other movies. You're you're absolutely right because even 2017's Wonder Woman film yes. failed mm-hmm. failed in that regard. Air quotes yeah. there, yeah. Um, where they they introduced the 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 iconic character Steve Trevor, you know, who's you know, who's famously attached to Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and that was one of the main criticisms that came out around the time was that. Yeah. Wonder Woman is supposed to be this feminist icon, but for a large part of the movie, uh, and especially a large part of the third act, she's acting out of devotion to Steve. She's right. acting, yeah. uh, she's acting yeah. in a way that 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 honors him, and mm-hmm. in, in which is funny because way, like it. Sorry, it feels like you know lots of people have never read the original Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, I mean because you know she was yeah. all like you know, all and like yeah. you know all all that was what she was all about in the early comics. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't I didn't take issue with it in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like a lot of people did. I didn't take issue with it because it is true to the origin of her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really refreshing to see a, a story that could stand on its own and could be as yeah. successful because we can sit six weeks after this movie came out and say, how much money did it make? 
Yeah. You know? It's in yeah. the billions of dollars, I think, at this yeah. point. It's, it's huge. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was in the billions of dollars yeah. within two weeks of its release. Yeah. And so the fact that it could stand with that as its focus without the romance, without mm-hmm. like, you know, a heteronormative story, you know, is, is you know, I said that about Wonder Woman. I, I still say it. Wonder Woman was a zeitgeist. It was its time. And it was super important for that reason, the Wonder Woman movie in, in 2017. And this stands the same way. Like this is going to change not just superhero movie storytelling, but it's it's going to have a farther reach than that. Mm. Like this mm. is going to have a profound effect on other ways that they make female-led movies and female-led stories. Because if you can have a story that's successful without that kind of subplot, then you know, that opens up a lot of doors. So Absolutely. And I think with the absence of that romantic subplot there, it also opened up the gateway where we didn't have a character who was sexually objectified in literally any way. Mm-hmm. Right? right. She is wearing body armor and, or like flannel shirts and yeah. nine inch nails, t-shirts. I know. Totally yeah. awesome. By the way. Oh, so, I, know, right? I, so <laughs> I am so ready to find myself a leather jacket and nine inch nails t-shirt. I already own everything else. And the stuff, yeah. orange cat to carry around at cons with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And all you need is just a pair of aviators. Yes, and I'll reset. <laughs> But yeah, like the the fact that's you know that she's not like she she doesn't have a costume that has mm-hmm. a boob window, right? Yes, she doesn't right. have absolutely. She, she doesn't have booty shorts, you mm-hmm. know, where like where half her stuff is hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't yeah. have the original Miss Marvel swimsuit costume. She doesn't yes, have exactly. the original Miss Marvel swimsuit and thigh high boots. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the gravity defying belt sash that is supposed to be simultaneously loose and also fitting on her hips. It's, <laughs> And serves no actual function whatsoever. No, it's just it's just an aesthetic. Listeners, go Google the original Miss Marvel costume with the lightning bolt. It is it is something else. It is absolutely iconic, <laughs> but not necessarily for good reasons. Yes, but in it, so in addition to Carol Danvers not really being sexually uh, objectified and not really being propped up as this this paragon of, of beauty and be, and having that being extolled as one of her virtues as one of her heroic virtues we also have at least two men in this movie working in concert with Carol Danvers as equals mm-hmm. we have like primarily Nick Fury but also behind the scenes uh Agent Coulson Agent Phil Coulson which we needed more of by the way I was really sad we didn't have more Coulson time I just want I mean, more I'm just mad because he's dead. I, <laughs> I, I just want more of him in my life in general. I mean, isn't that what Agents of Shield is for? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't watch it. Uh, for I this used to, category. but there wasn't enough Coulson in it, so I stopped. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but that—that that was the thing that that really struck me. Like, um, the, immediately after. I got out the movie and and wake up the next day and I'm thinking to myself like oh wow look at that like not only did Nick Fury ever once hit on her not only did Nick Fury never mm-hmm. once like give her that that male side eye be like oh man I'm gonna go ahead and check out her rear end like there was absolutely none of that it was very much just peer to peer 
we're talking and mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to hash this out like adults who are equally qualified to talk about these same weirdo events that are happening with shape-shifting alien elves and you know, and <laughs> other guys in green suits <laughs> and that was extremely refreshing for me for yeah. like you know, for for lots of especially for lots of critics of the movie before the movie even came out who were saying like, Oh, well, this should be about a meritocracy. This should be about who, like who actually deserves the thing, all of that male power nonsense. And we, we have a movie where the female is judged on her merit Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely Mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, Yes. Colson doubts her because the first time he sees her, uh, and you know, theory as well, the first time they see her, she's dressed up like she's going out to laser tag. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. It was a thing but, in the nineties. Yeah, but after you know, after they see her like wreck house, and after they see her speak intelligently, and they and they understand like, okay, this woman means business. We're going to treat her like she means business, and it the movie just progresses from there. No one says anything, and mm-hmm. it is so refreshing for for me as a longtime comic book fan to see something like this finally play out in a movie mm-hmm. where, where a woman isn't even like being playfully talked down to because mm-hmm. all because that that that's been the thing du jour for the last five or so years where where they'll playfully uh, they'll playfully mess around with that where some where someone is talking down to a woman but it's clearly meant to be played as a joke and that the man is in the wrong but like this is just it's gone yeah and it's wonderful yeah. and i love it i will yeah. say and i this is one of the things that struck out to me and i would like to hear a female take on it too but i thought one of the things that was particularly strong in kind of the subtext and the message of this movie is the ostensibly the antagonists of the movie, uh, Jude Law's character, Yon Rog, and the Supreme Intelligence, they both, during their kind of indoctrination of her when she thinks she's a Kree, they both constantly tell her, you need to suppress your emotions, you need to suppress yep. yeah. everything about you that you can't control, you have to be, you have to be firm, you have to be logical, you have to do all these things, and they're extolling these masculine quote unquote traits mm-hmm. and condemning her for her feminine traits. And in the end, the lesson she kind of learns is no, I freaking don't. And then she just yeah. unleashes everything that is part of her true nature and mm-hmm. completely stops listening to them who were trying to hold her back the entire time, becomes more powerful than ever and punches Jude Law 70 feet into a rock. <laughs> yeah. like, I Which thought that was one of the strongest moment. things. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved how he was like, let's fight, you know, fist to fist. And he's like, I'll take you down to my level since he knew she was more powerful than he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just like, no, I'm not messing around with this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> can, I, can I just say how happy that, that part of the movie made me when he, when he's actually he's putting up his fists mm-hmm. and then she just like blasts him into the side of a stone wall. And he's like, yeah, I don't need your approval. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know if anybody else was reminded of this, but um, in Indiana Jones, when the guy comes yeah. out with like the swords yeah. and whatever, and he just pulls yeah. the gun yeah. out and shoots him, and um, that's the moment. Like, <laughs> it was yeah, it was absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. That that particular moment for me, like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just sitting there like, take that male yeah. fans on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so 
somebody should make that a meme. Like, yeah, every male. I want to see some gifts with things superimposed over Jude Law. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling in the No Doubt song over that, too, was just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely the brilliant. The music was great. Yeah, yeah, that was like my college. All yeah, the music me too. In there. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, this was the that states us, I, I'm sure. I, I know. It, <laughs> nice, I, it was so cool. I'll, I'll date myself, too. This was the music that I was not allowed to listen to when I was okay. like, 10. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this is the first movie I have seen in my adult life that has successfully made me feel old. Because like I've, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen movies that were retro and had things in them that I remembered from my youth, but this is the first one where like literally everything I can see in the movie, I remember it in vivid detail, yeah, and it's cool. being played for jokes how old it is, and I'm like, yeah. oh, God. Right down I'm to that, that old. old. Oh, God. I was say, right down to that cardboard cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. uh, right. in True yeah. Lies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Yep. And the oh. dial-up internet connection, and the oh, actual yeah. presence of phone booths in the world, and mm, it was <sighs> absolutely, it was just absolutely wonderful. The yeah. uh, the nineties nostalgia it yeah. it brought me back, you know, to a time that I can almost kind of remember <laughs> because <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I I was between five and fifteen when when those hap- when the nineties happened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it hurts us. It hurts us. No. I apologize. You don't have to apologize for being a child. I, was okay. younger, so I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna go ahead and touch that. But anyway, <laughs> can we just take a brief moment to talk about the clear front runner for the best character in the movie? Goose the cat. Yes. Uh, the absolute absolutely. best character in this movie. <laughs> it was I, funny. I'm um, gonna uh, go ahead. Uh, I, just, I took my daughter with me to see the movie, and we came out of the theater, and I was like, "Oh, you know, did you like it?" And she's like, "No, it's just the cat." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> see, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have an, a controversial opinion. Okay. And I didn't think the cat was that great. <laughs> I I I like a good cat. I love me some cat. I have a cat. I love her very much. I like cats in movies. And I liked a lot of the cat in this movie, but I thought some of the stuff they did with the cat was super cheesy and it made me kind of irritated. Like so, I I yeah. like some particularly it bothered me the one scene where they first take off I can't remember if they're flying a spaceship or a jet at that point. I think they're flying just a jet. But they take off and the cat's a stowaway and it's like splattered against the wall and it's like played for jokes because the G-Force is squishing this cat. The CGI in that scene was so abysmally bad. It threw me right out of the movie. That looked like something I would expect to see in a movie from the 90s. And like that was happening in the same scene where you had this incredibly well- reconstructed CGI version of, of Samuel L. Jackson's face where he looks like he did back then. And like, <laughs> it was so jarring to see that in the same scene. And like, I don't know, like it's a, it's a nitpicky thing, but I, I, I got irritated mm-hmm. by the cat more than anything else. And I didn't like that about <laughs> myself. So <laughs> continue I, gushing though. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> it. Three, yeah. 
I'm like I'm not a cat person like at all. I I generally do not like cats because I I like animals that I can pick up and pet and just and have and hold and cuddle without them wanting to claw my face to death. And and this cat was just this cat was just wonderful. Uh, it <laughs> but is, that cat did want to claw your face to death. Yeah, is pure proof of that. What was that? Yeah. Only clawed one person's face, and that person was Nick Fury. Can we also talk about how hilarious that is? That yes. we've seen Nick Fury with this eye patch for 19 movies, right. and wow. we're expecting to see like this this great like battle where like he gets shot in the face or something, or like he or like he's he's standing too close to an explosion, takes some shrapnel to the eye. Like no, he's just making goo goo gaga noises at a cat, and it just scratches his eye out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I it's that was uh, but as far as as far as the cat is concerned, like that is it's straight out of the comic books. It's not named Goose. I forget what it's, it's named. named Chewy. It's named Chewy in the comics. Yeah, that after. was a weird thing for them to change since they actually could just call him that since they have the rights. They could, yeah, they could just. Well, I mean, it it made sense to me because they're getting the whole Top Gun vibe. Yeah, that's that right. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But like the yeah. cat is still the same thing where it's like it's a a flurkin and. Which is the most ridiculous name? The cat yeah. is called Flurkin, and you know it has you know the fun tentacles, and it goes all it goes all baby Groot on them, uh, <laughs> on a hall of unsuspecting Kree warriors, and it just makes me incredibly happy. I love that thing so much. Uh, yeah. It was it was one of the things I didn't think that they were actually going to put into the movie. Yeah, but same. When they did, I was extremely excited about it. <laughs> The one thing that made so um, my husband and I saw it separately um, and I was so disappointed. I, I was, he's like, it's okay if I go. And I'm like, yeah, of course go. So he went to see it. And the one thing I was disappointed at was I wanted to watch his face uh-huh. <laughs> in that one moment with the reveal for goose. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. <laughs> but that's my only disappointment. <laughs> that, that is, that is okay. Yeah. But So I, so I, I, I want to I want to move back to something that Evan said at the uh, at, at the beginning was that the expect about the expectations of this movie and how high it was where we're we're kind of inventing th- this character that has never been mentioned before. No one knows who she is except for mm-hmm. Nick Fury, and she is meant to be the she's meant to be the new savior, uh, basically of the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, like to the point where like the new Endgame trailers are are featuring her. Yeah, you, know, the, you know, they're saying like, you know, we want to go toe to toe with Thanos. How's it going to be any different from the last time? And she just looks at everyone. She's like, "You didn't have me the last time." Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess the question I want to ask is how, is like, how much of a game changer, like, how much of a game changer did this movie make you believe that Captain Marvel is actually going to be in, you know? 15 days when uh when endgame drops not like i'm counting or anything mm. <laughs> a little bit because because you're not counting the hours i'm definitely not counting the hours and okay. i certainly don't have an app on my phone that is counting down to the exact time that i get to go see it <laughs> why do you ask that's an extremely specific question <laughs> 
Um, but the only reason why I asked that was because I was like, I was unsure how I felt myself about them propping up Captain Marvel to basically be like the Thanos killer. Right. right. I, I was really unsure that the movie did enough to prove to prove to me or maybe, maybe even prove to anybody else that, you know, that she has what it takes in order to take down an intergalactic, basically space God who can snap his fingers and wipe her out of existence. Um, like, sure. Like she's got the power of one of one uh, infinity stone basically running through her body, but he's got six. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still unsure. Okay. What I I, feel about her, her place in in the rest uh, in the greater Marvel universe. I have to ask a a Marvel noob question because I, I, I assumed that he got one snap and that was like it. Like mm-hmm. he can continue to snap his fingers. Like he can continue to like wipe out half and it half and half and half. It destroyed the glo- the gauntlet when he did it, but he still yeah. has the gems. Like okay. he, yeah. could, he would probably not be able to do that specific thing again. But he still he has all the to, gems yeah. of power. So he has all the the time stone and the whatever else. Yeah, he, ones he still has he still has all of them, and that's the only thing. I feel like that's the only thing that the heroes have going for them is that is that like he's used the atomic bomb at this point. Right. He doesn't have another so, one. Because when I look, I, as, as like I said, like I don't, I'm like Nicole said, she wasn't much of a Marvel. Like I know the movies. I don't know, you know, the books mm-hmm. or the comics. So I don't know like the backstories on these things. And that was just my impression of the end of um, Infinity War was like that he'd gone into retirement essentially like yeah he did what he wanted to do yeah like he he came he saw he destroyed half of humanity Mm -hmm. and he was going to go sit on a beach and drink a mai tai because that's what you do after you destroy half (laughs) of you know humanity um so i i and i don't know like i'm going into this movie not thinking of him as much of a threat as mm-hmm. much as what the movie needs to be, um, that Endgame needs to be, is them figuring out how to undo what he did. Like, so mm-hmm. I see the people needed in, you know, Endgame to be the problem solvers, not necessarily more powerful to destroy him, because I don't think that that's going to necessarily need to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess, and that's just, and I don't know, like that's just my take on what I saw there. So when I see that, and when I see her being set up, I'm thinking more in terms of her strategic abilities and mm-hmm. her, like the way she thinks as being the important thing. The fact that you know she glows and she can, you know, fly in space and she can shoot big, you know, cannons from her hands, you know, definitely mm-hmm. a bonus. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, in no un- insignificant way, but. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's an extremely good point. Is that this this will probably require a lot more, so to speak, soft skills yes. rather <laughs> rather than, than punchy fighty skills. Yeah, yeah. like he's you know he's he did his thing, and and like I said, I don't think he's out after anything. Like his whole drive was to snap his fingers essentially. So now I don't see him and his abilities as as the as the focus i don't think he needs to be taken out i think he's going to take himself out because he's just done with what he wanted to do 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I... he snapped his fingers, he didn't even know if he was going to be still around. Like, he could have been one of the 50% that got yeah. ashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I, I, I don't think it's going to be quite that easy. Because, I mean, like, Thanos' goal wasn't just to snap his fingers and have the thing done. His goal was to have the thing done and stay done. And he yeah. knows that more or less half of the Avengers would still be around after the deed was done and would probably want revenge at the very least, if not to just undo everything he did. And I think he's going to be prepared for that. And there's kind of a pretty significant like implication that the only way to undo what was done is to get the infinity stones and use them to achieve Mm -hmm. it, which he still has and isn't going to give up. Yeah. 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 Wait, what are you what are you talking about? That the the Avengers are actually going to avenge something <laughs> like, for the first time in twenty movies. The Avengers are actually going to avenge things other than Coulson. Right. <laughs> other than Coulson, okay, so for the Avengers second Coulson. time in right. twenty movies, the Avengers are going to avenge things. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So next, so next question. I guess Captain Marvel two. Do we want to see it, or is this, or is this something that like we're happy that it happened, but we, but like we'd rather see her as an ancillary character in other folks' movies. Uh, uh, I think I would like to see her again. Um, Maybe with actually a little bit more depth. Because, like I said, I wasn't quite getting as much as I wanted. Um, but, but you know, I definitely think that, you know, another movie with her front and center uh, is would be great. Like, I wouldn't want, at this point, she's been so popular that I wouldn't want her to just sort of fade into, like, you know. Yeah, I agree. To being a secondary character, mm-hmm. support character. I think... Um, I think that that she needs to be more than that. And actually we were talking about this on our, our podcast uh, with geeking with the moms with Steven, you know, mm-hmm. was talking about like, she's a Disney female character now and Disney knows how to make iconic female characters, whether we like them or not, right. they are good at making playing. iconic female characters. Yeah. So, yep. and they made so much money with this that I don't see them just, you know, closing the door on her they're Yeah. They're going to keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited. Like I would love to see a captain Marvel two and three because, because, because honestly, like the, like the galactic side of the, of the Marvel universe that we've only gotten to see through the first two guardians movies Mm. has really got me chomping at the bit Mm -hmm. for, for more. And I feel like, like with, with, the Guardians of the Galaxy three coming out, presumably being the end of the Guardians movies, having you know, having more spacefaring adventures with our new friend Carol Danvers, I think is going to be something. It's going to be something that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe will benefit from, mm-hmm. assuming that it continues after Endgame. Because mm-hmm. who knows? Like, really, who knows what's going to happen after that movie? I think that's a safe assumption, and I also kind of feel like much how like much how infinity war kind of ended up being a sort of unofficial black panther 2 i uh, think we we can anticipate endgame being kind of an unofficial captain marvel 2 in the same mm-hmm. sort of way where like 
the events that happen in, in Captain Marvel and the character specifically are so deeply rooted into how the story has to go. I think it'll amount to being sort of a soft sequel. Mm-hmm. And like, definitely I think the the universe is going to fundamentally change in the end of Endgame. Like it, it has to, especially considering that Disney finally finalized the rights of the uh, 20th Century Fox takeover and yep. now have all those characters officially, finally, 100% can and will use them. Yeah. I think integrating stuff like the X-Men, where you have mm-hmm. a worldwide event of people with superpowers who just have them, mm-hmm. like requires the fundamentals of your universe to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to that's gonna shape the face of the Marvel Universe in brand new ways. So it's really hard to sort of guess how they're going to go forward with some things, but I do think they they know better than to have Captain Marvel be a one-off character. Like, we need mm-hmm. more of her. I mean, I, I certainly hope so, because I, I would very much like for there to be another captain in charge, because uh, <laughs> I have made it absolutely no secret how much I love Captain America. Right. Uh, and putting another captain in charge would just for the for whatever the second generation of Avengers would just make my heart sing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she like as far as I'm concerned, she's she's proven that she's that she's top tier material, mm-hmm. um, and I certainly hope that she um, that she sticks around. And considering uh, that we probably will be losing most, if not all, of the first generation of Avengers at the end of this movie. I think she's the most obvious choice to lead it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It, it seems like that. So uh, let's, let's, let's just do a complete wrap up. So Evan, on a scale of one, one to 10 Marvels, where, where, (laughs) where are you landing? I may have an arbitrary skit. Not, no, not Marvel's because he's a bad guy. Right. I know. Yeah. And throw that out there. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to give it, a solid eight with moments of ten. That okay. Sense. Well, all right. Cool. Eight marvels. Sorry, Nicole. What about you? Um, I think eight as well. Um, but I'm not going to do the moments of ten stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because there's parts that I absolutely did love in that movie, and I, mm. I think just saying eight doesn't give those bits enough credit. All right, yeah. Regina. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, I agree that some of the pacing was off and, you know, it wasn't um, a fantastic movie as much as it may have uh, emotionally or significantly moved me. So nine. Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to finish it off. I'm, I'm right in line with everybody else. Uh, I'm, I'm settling it at eight and a half marvels. It was <laughs> like, it was, it was a thoroughly enjoyable movie with a lot of, great feminist moments. Oh, by the way, it passes the Bechdel test within like the first 10 minutes oh, of the like, movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> no question. Uh, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it is making another step forward as far as feminism in movies is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, especially feminism in genre movies. And mm-hmm. for that reason, you know, like eight and a half Marvel seems about right for a movie that suffers from superhero origin fatigue and also mm-hmm. eh, pacing yeah. problems, yeah, but man. Hey, whatever. 
Anyways, how many Marvels would you give this movie? We want to hear from you. We are on Twitter and Instagram at the Geek Embassy. You can find us on Facebook at the Geek Embassy Community. Uh, I am at Dante Informal on Twitter. You can you can at me uh, about anything Captain Marvel, and I will likely just get into a very <laughs> ecstatic conversation that someone wants to talk about Captain Marvel with me. (laughs) Um, So where can everybody else find you lovely people on the interwebs? Regina? Uh, You can find me at Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, You can catch, as I said, my Captain Marvel crisis on Game on Girl on the go, which is my anchor podcast, which is available on anchor iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't know if it's a, podcast streaming service it's on it pretty much so check that out <laughs> fantastic nicole um you can find me on twitter just at nicole tanner uh, my life recently has been my solo podcast called geeky thrones girl all about game of thrones i have done recaps for every single episode now um which was and predictions out and predictions out today um so yeah so just like regina said that was an anchor podcast which means you can find it pretty much everywhere anywhere yeah and 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 i'm still doing sorry still doing geeking with the moms uh, podcast um we're on hiatus for a little bit till regina's life comes down (laughs) um but we'll be back um yeah so so that's me Cool. And, and and brief little plug, we're going to be doing another episode of TGE Watches for Game of Thrones. So stick around uh, for that because Nicole's probably going to be on it and I'm going to be sitting there just being like, uh-huh, that's great. I have no <laughs> idea what's happening because I'm going to host it without having watched a single episode since the middle of the second season. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Evan, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook at Evan Graham, science fiction author, and I am going to have a website one of these days. Yeah, as soon as as soon as we get the we find the technology, we can we can make a website. (laughs) Anyways, please. Who has more time than me to make it for me? So, so please like, favorite, share, subscribe, do all these social media things that tell people that we exist. And please let us know what you thought about Captain Marvel and really anything else in the MCU. We'd be more than happy to hear it. I would like to thank all of my lovely co-hosts. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. And thank you listeners for taking the time to spend this last 45 minutes with us. Until next time, get your geek on. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.